0: that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes, super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast. Where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, uplevel your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision making. I'm Chani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under ten, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome. This is an interesting episode, very different from our usual programming. So I wanted to take a minute to explain what you're about to hear today. This is a two-part series. Which is an excerpt of the priorities reset call that I do with the members of our directors in our circle and our owners HQ program every 90 days. So in our flagship schools of excellence program, where we support directors, owners, regional managers, VPs of operation, and executive directors, every 90 days we do something called the priorities reset call. This this training is divided into three parts: reflect, restore, and recast. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you the first two parts of the training, Reflect and Restore. I share some insights when you first listen into the call. Remember, you're listening into a training that is exclusive for our members, and we're sharing this to really give insight, one, into helping you create your priorities, but also to get a lens into the quality and the level of training that exists outside of your current world right now. So in this training, I share a lot of insights from the first priorities reset call that we did in January of 2020, uh, January of 2022. Which just a couple of months ago. Um, this is a training with a lot of questions and an interactive experience. And so while usually you may listen to the Schools of Excellence podcast episodes in the car or while you're doing other things, this is an episode that I recommend listening to with a pen and paper as you'll want to take a lot of notes. I give you reflective questions on how to reflect on what is actually happening in your calendar. What are the current commitments and obligations that you have? In the restore part, we talk about taking inventory on your commitments and the invisible and emotional labor that comes with a lot of these commitments. A lot of what I'm going to share in this episode may be new or um, information that you've never heard before, which is why I recommend having a pen and paper as you'll have a lot of questions or follow-up or insight. The main thing that I hope that you get from this episode today, and then also the part two episode that we'll be releasing in the next couple of days is new insight and perspective on what are really your priorities in building your school of excellence, in building your legacy, and creating the impact that you want. So let's dive into today's episode. All right. Welcome, welcome to the Priorities Reset Call. This is April. We're heading into Q2. Let's jump into the comments. What is your intention for today's conversation? What is your hope, your dream that you will get out of a conversation called the Priorities Reset? Also, while you're chiming into the comments, please just give me a yes if you did some time tracking this week, if you took the time to assess where is your time going and what is actually taking up your time and attention and all of those things. So let me know in the comments. Page. I've had so much on my mind. I find myself jumping in and out of different things instead of really focusing on one thing, okay. Leslie, intention for today's call, to review the goals that I set in January and reevaluate and reset. Inspiration, renewed focus, clarification. Keep myself on track with resetting to look forward. Great, great, awesome. Amy, committed to my time lock, stop being distracted. (laughs) Yes, Or, being distracted less right? Instead of the full stop, let's be distracted less, right? So I want to review what we spoke about in January's priority reset call in the first kind of couple minutes here, and then we'll jump into what Q2 is about. In January, I explained to you this concept called creating a time budget. Okay. We spoke about how many hours do you want to be working? What days each month can you clock out earlier? And what do you do with your extra time? When you create a time budget, I explain the percentages that we look at within our time budget. 50% of your time is fixed. That time is clocked in, like you can't change it. Whether and 50% of your time is fixed, is that's the time when you shower and brush your teeth and work and you do payroll and you take out the garbage and you eat dinner and you go to sleep, right? All of those things. That's 50% of your time is fixed. One of the things that I explained in January's call was about just like you make a financial budget where you have your fixed expenses and you have your, you know, you have your seasonal discretionary expenses and then you have your savings account. A time budget does not allow for a savings account. You cannot save your time. Just like you cannot catch up on sleep, you cannot save your time and bank it for next year or for in 10 years from now. It doesn't work like that. So 50% of your time budget is fixed. 30% of your time budget is discretionary. Those are for seasonal projects like a high enrollment season or the summer season or a hiring season. This is where a little bit more of your time is focused in this area. So for example, when my My company and I are in live event season, more than 30% of our time is being focused on creating and producing the live event. And so we have to take from our fixed time, we have to pull some of that out because the live event requires so much time, capacity, bandwidth, money, all the things. This is the biggest takeaway from January's priorities reset call, 20% of your time of your budget is your margin. Sometimes things will dip into your margin. You get sick. There's an unexpected guess. You have an unexpected licensing visit. Something happens. A teacher calls in. That is margin. What happens is, is we overbook, overcommit. Oh, every single minute of our day is scheduled. So we have no margin. So when someone calls out, it's the worst thing in the world. Oh my God, what, you can't call out. It doesn't fit into my schedule. What do you mean you got sick? You're not allowed to get sick what do you mean you're taking five days off you can't take vacation that doesn't fit into my plan you need margin margin in life we don't create the margin and so when we don't create the margin we're perpetually exhausted overcommitted, overworked and burnt out so let me do a reminder again of what is margin and how that works If you work 40 hours a week and 50% of your time is already fixed, that means 20 hours are already designated for work that's going to happen. Then you have 30% that's left for the seasonal stuff and 20% is your margin, which means you need to budget about eight hours a week of white space for things to come up. So when you create your time blocking and you create your theme days and you create Just what's happening in your week, there has to be space that there's nothing, there's no commitments. And eventually the goal is for it to add up to about eight hours where there's no commitments because that's your margin. That's your dipping space, right? Where let's say you're talking to a parent and it takes an extra 10 minutes. Okay, it's okay. I have time. I have margin. Or you had a one-on-one and the teacher was crying and you needed to give her a few minutes. That's okay. It's not, sorry, you got to stop crying. I got the next one coming in. There's margin. There's space. But we have to plan for space. I often tell clients, whatever was like so many times people tell me, but shouldn't it just happen? Like, isn't it just supposed to like happen or be like that? I'm like, whatever was supposed to happen already happened. Always remember that. Whatever was supposed to happen already happened. You want to create opportunity. You want to create the margin. The margin doesn't come to you. You create the margin because margin isn't a default setting. When you wake up in the morning, you don't need to create time to brush your teeth. You will not exit your household without brushing your teeth. You do not need to create time on a calendar that says shower. You will remember to shower. You do not need to create reminders on your phone wedding day. You will remember it is your wedding day. We hope we need reminders of margin because life gets so busy and so hectic and so full with beautiful things. And if we forget to pause, we overburden ourselves and we forget the priorities. So now I wanna explain to you a new concept when it comes to time, because today's call is gonna be divided into three core parts, reflect, restore, and recast. I'll say that again i'm dividing this call into three parts we are going to reflect on the last 90 days we are going to restore ourselves with what our priorities actually are and then we are going to recast what are we recasting into our life because what happens is things come up onto our plate and then before we know it we're like i'm not supposed to be doing this this is not my job i didn't sign up for this i said i was going to do this once now i'm doing this every thursday one second Give me a yes in the comments if you're like, oh, hell yes, this happens to me quite often. Right? Where it's like, oh, I thought I was only going to do dinner on Thursday for that person. Like, why am I doing this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Like, what happened? Yes. Yes. Lots of yeses. Okay? You're not alone. You're not alone, ladies. You're not alone. Because we are the caretaker, the giver, the provider, the nurturer, the fixer, the everythinger. We're the everythinger. We're leading from this beautiful place of taking care of people. But I I was telling this to, uh, I think Taylor and Heidi were on a call with me earlier this week. And I said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You can have the best intentions in the world. You still head into craziness. So this isn't about, do I have the right intentions for my calendar? This is about, am I setting the right practices and taking the time to pause and say, "Mm -mm, not doing this anymore. It creeped. All right. But now, Now we need to say goodbye to that. All right, you're ready? I'm gonna give you guys some numbers and I want you to write these down because I want you to look at it in front of your face because it is going to make you shake. Here we go. In a year, there are 52 weeks in a year. There are 8,760 hours in a year. Write that down, 8,760 hours in a year. If you work a 40-hour work week, 2,000 hours is taken for work. So let's minus 8,760 hours minus 2,000. That's work. What else do we need to do? We need to sleep. I need seven hours. Without that, don't talk to me. Not a very good person. <laughs> if you sleep for seven hours a night, that's 2,500 hours of sleep in a year. For those of you that likes data and stats and numbers, go nerd out with me here, okay? These are the kinds of numbers I like. There's other numbers that, no thank you, but th- these ones I like. What else do we need to do? We need to eat. Three meals a day, 30 minutes a meal, 500 hours a year to eat, 500 hours. I was just talking to Sharon before, and she was like, I don't know, some of my people think they don't need to eat. They could go like eight hours without eating. And I'm like, oh yeah, not so much. Okay, you ready for the next statistic? Americans spend four and a half hours a day on their phone or on social media. That's 1300 hours of either television, Social, the phone, all vanity, because I'm not talking about work. So here's how many hours you have left. You have 2,460 hours left. I haven't touched on family, kids, marriage, dating, vacation, hobbies, big goals. I haven't even touched on that yet, ladies. Here's another stat for you it's called the 10,000 hours for mastery. Do you know that if you want mastery at something, you need to work at it for 10,000 hours? If there are 8,760 hours in a year, there aren't even 10,000 hours in one year. And that doesn't include all the eating, sleeping, all the other stuff. Do you understand how many years it takes to develop mastery in something? And then we have teachers or leaders who give up after five months. Ugh, I've been going at it for five months. I'm still not good at this. Dear God, I must be a loser. Uh No, you've been at this for like 30 hours. Sit down, pumpkin. You still got time. The last statistic I noticed was one and a half hours. That was during your time tracking. So before I tell you what these kind of statistics are kind of doing to a lot of people when you start looking at this, let me know in the comments, what are you reckoning with when you hear this? What are you hearing? What are you processing? What is it like? Oh, gosh. What's your oh, gosh moment right now? Again, share with us. I need less TV time. Okay. Kathy called it out. I love it. Naomi, I'm realizing that this is the reason I try to automate as much as I can to make everything else I do serve a minimum of two functions. Yes. So hard on myself for not mastering things. This makes me feel better. Good. Yes. 10,000 hours, girl. 10,000. Deanna, we know time is precious and guarding our social media is an easy way to protect it. It sucks and yields very little. Yes. Yes. I need to borrow some time from my social media. Yes, right? So you're gonna pull some of the margin from there and say, okay, you know what social media, I'm gonna give you a little less of my life because this is a little bit more important to me. Good stuff. Okay, ZC, gosh, there's no time. (laughs) I need to be more intentional about more time. I spend way more than 40 hours a week at work. Oh, we need to decrease that. 40 hours is the cap, girl. Sharon, I can't use the excuse I don't have time. In retrospect, I've actually not been slow in mastery. Okay. Well, Donna, I mean, you're a lot older than all of us and <laughs> you've had a lot of practice and years to kind of practice all this. So so I love that. You're you're kind of in a different phase in your career, which is so beautiful that you continue to commit to being part of this growth and development and you're not stagnant of like, I got this underestimated the time for mastery we are forever mastering hi rosanna good to see you i joke about inventing time when i think of new projects (laughs) awesome awesome catherine the encouraging thing is there's a little bit over over 40 hours a week for fun stuff oh my gosh there is so much time for fun and hobbies and joy and so many things yes let's go into this kind of phase one of reflection right because remember the call is about reflect restore and recast so in this reflection phase we're doing what we're doing right now we're auditing where is my time going right one of you already said oh my gosh like i need to take away time from social media right that's in the recast phase we'll go into that right now we're in this deep reflection time of what is happening here do i need to work less Do I need to reshift priorities? Like, what what about this is not good for me? So here's the first question I want you to work through in this reflection phase. What were the top two most significant decisions that I have made in the last 90 days? I'll say it again. What have been the top two most significant decisions that I have made in the last 90 days? And I'll explain to you in a minute why I'm leading with that question for reflection. But first, I want to give you a chance to reflect. What have been the most significant decisions? And you can choose to answer this question from a personal perspective or your professional perspective, right? It might be the two most significant decisions in the business or the two most significant decisions in your personal life. I'm just going to loop back here for a second while you guys share with me in the comments your two significant decisions. Mike and shared something really powerful when I was talking about the 10,000 hours of mastery. My limiting belief is I'm not good enough, and mastery takes time. Reflecting on giving myself the patience of where I am spending my time so that I can put more time towards the mastery and balancing, right? The rest, the moments of quiet, nature, peace. It's this beautiful reflective moment of, if this is how long it takes to develop mastery, am I giving what I want to be masterful at the time that it needs? I wanna share with you a story about a client of ours who started in our directors in our circle and moved her way into our Owner's HQ program when we opened that up as well. Lucy Griffin is the owner of the Growing Room Preschool in Cincinnati, Ohio. And when she first came to the Summit of Excellence, she was working 80 hours a week, she had high blood pressure, and was just working way harder than she needed to. She was just trying to wing it, trying to stop all the chaos that was happening in her center. But the biggest thing she was really looking to shift was the culture around turning her center into a career for her teachers and for them to stop looking at their jobs as being babysitters. She wanted to raise the standards. She wanted to create a culture where people were proud of where they went to work. So I wanna share with you Missy's story here.
1: We grew really rapidly and we hired a big chunk of people at once. Um, And I had never really done hiring. I had a one-room school for 17 years. I thought I could just wing it and figure it out as I go. And so I made tons of mistakes, made a mess, um, was operating out of fear of not having employees and not being able to make payroll and losing students and things like that. And my school was excellent. And it was, um, and it always had been. We had a great reputation. We were growing so rapidly and I was ruining it. And that was killing me because that was my baby. And so um, I went online and tried to figure out what I was gonna do about that and repeatedly saw Connie's name. So I was like, all right, I I was looking for a book or something. Like I didn't even know these kind of things existed. So I came last year and I remember sitting um, out there and looking at the women up here that were on the inner circle. um, And I was just thinking, wow, they're running really great schools and I'm not, and I'm gonna get there. And so um, what I, my biggest epiphany was Um, I didn't have to dumb down um, and take anybody. Um, It was an excellent school, and I needed to remind myself of that, and it was a a pleasure to, it's a privilege to work there. So, and because it is an awesome school, and so um, I needed to meet my standards for that, and so um, what I started doing was creating the standards of excellence um, through the program, and it was life-changing. And (laughs) so I'm gonna cry a little. Um, And so I realized that, just like with our kids, we set high expectations for them and when they meet them, they're proud of themselves. And I don't know why that didn't sink in, but as soon as we set the standards high for the teachers and told them crystal clear what they at least had to meet, then they all kind of rose to the challenge and they all think of it as a career now where it was, like I had one teacher tell me it felt like babysitting and I was like, "Oh, ouch. Not that that's like a bad thing, but that's not what I'm running here. This is this is a school of excellence. Yes, yes. And so, and I knew it, but I couldn't get it across to anybody else. So, what I needed to do was quit um, not raising the bar for them. And and as soon as I did, it was like overnight almost. They, you know, we had them sign their standards, and and they instantly rose to the occasion. and my life went from chaos and crazy. Like my blood pressure had gone up. Um, I hadn't seen my husband in a month. <laughs> like it was crazy. I was working like 80 hour weeks and still failing. And, and I couldn't do any more than I was doing. I was just doing it wrong. So now I'm working half as much. My blood pressure's down. And it's, it's amazing. So, so this group of women that I was so excited to, to watch and observe and I was so um, envious of, I can't believe I'm sitting up here.
0: You may have found yourself nodding your head or just taking a deep breath when you heard Missy share her story. You may resonate with parts of it and part of it may be your life right now. And I want you to know that Missy's story isn't unique or special. It's a story of thousands of school owners who are struggling to really get out of the chaos and get out of survival and really learn the systems, the processes, and the most importantly, the mindset to be a leader and build a school of excellence. So if you're interested in learning more about our directors in our circle, our Owners HQ program, I invite you to apply. Our link is in the show notes. The reason we have an application process is because this group is a small curated experience of owners and directors who are really committed to their growth, to the pursuit of excellence and to building long-term sustainability, legacy, and profit in their schools. I look forward to seeing your application and I hope you join us. Okay, so let's reflect on some of those top decisions. Hiring a director for my current building. Do not work from home after I leave work for the day. I love this. I'm new, I'm just listening to the Time Mastery class. Okay, yes, DC again, you're kind of just taking things in right now. Catherine, going to the summit. Oh, I love that, thank you. Stepping back into the campus director role. I stopped coaching and ended a toxic relationship, creating time in my schedule for family and for faith, joining this group, taking a Yiddish class just for fun. I love that. So this is so cute. This is so important, Deanna, where it's like in the time that we have allotted to us every single year, do we filter? This is the next reflective question. When I choose what to spend my time with, is my first filter, is this productive? Will this give an ROI? Have I commoditized my time? Because when we make something a commodity, it's always about what's the return on investment. We we become obsessed with, is this productive? Is this efficient? Is this the best way to do it? Is this gonna bring money? Will it make me happy? Will it bring me joy? Will it bring me closer to my family? Will it connect me closer to my faith? Will it make my marriage better? Not everything is an ROI. Not everything needs to be commoditized. So my next reflective question is to you, what is the filter that you are currently using when you decide where your time should go? Now, here's a meta concept I want to explain to you. The filter that you use right now is very subconscious, which is why we're doing this exercise, right? When you get an opportunity, it's a very quick filtering process of like, okay, yes or no? Sometimes we take a little bit more time to think through it, but often we just quickly make a decision. Yes, I'm going to do this. No, I'm not going to do this because your filter has become automatic. It's become default, which is why these priorities reset calls are so valuable because it's, is my filter the right filter? Is this the way I should be filtering the choices of how I use my time? Is this the season of life that this filter is the correct filter? When I'm in the 30 days before the live event, my filter is not quality time with my family because I'm in the 30 days before the live event. The filter is fill the room, make the content, right? And if any opportunity comes my way and it's not one of those two things, it's a no. During those 30 days, my filter is not my usual decision-making filter because I'm in a certain season that is very short and specific. But usually I have a different filter. This is where the nuance of life comes in. This is where things are not black and white. Raise your hand if you like certainty, all of us. Well, certainty is black and white thinking. If I do this, then it's for sure gonna do this. If I do this, then it's for sure to do that. Certainty, while we want it so badly, there's another side of us that actually pushes and forces against it. It's the side of us that wants spontaneity and creativity and aliveness and pleasure and joy and meaning and relationships. Those things by their very nature cannot have certainty tied to each part of that because then we've completely Like now it's just all monotony. That's not fun. That's not exciting. So we need creativity and stability, but we also need all of these things. So, going back to my original thing, what are your filters? Let me know in the comments. What are your filters? I love this. Paige said, "Refocus and spending time to work on my marriage, ripping off the band-aid, forcing myself to spend more time working from home." I love that. I love that. Two huge decisions that the ripple effect of those decisions will really start to be felt in the coming weeks and months. Marsha, let's talk about some filters. Personal filter to make myself a priority and stop putting everyone everyone else first. Oh, these were your decisions that you made. Sorry. Never mind. I'm mixing things up but I love the decision and business investing in my continued education. Thank you, Marsha. Mel, right now, my first filter is when is this due? Okay, again, we're, we're giving, we're being real, right? We're being honest here. Naomi, is this moving me towards my goals professionally and my personal life? Amy, is this a healthy decision for myself and my goals? Okay, anyone else wanna share kind of your filter? Again, it's normal if you don't know the answer to these questions. These are questions that normal people actually don't ask themselves. Everyone on here is actually not, not part of the norm. We're disrupting the way that this industry works. We're disrupting the way that we currently operate in our lives. Most people are not asking these questions, which is why it's so hard to answer them. Let's look at some other reflective questions. Is there anything that I'm currently committed to that I can completely abandon and let go of? Is there anything that I am currently committed to, anything that's on my calendar, any current commitments that I have that I can completely abandon and let go of? The reason I use the word abandon, because it's a very strong word, is because this is different than saying, oh, I'm gonna delegate this. Abandon and let go of is, It's out of my life. It is no longer in the ethers of what I think about. It's very different than I'm gonna delegate this. It's important to delegate things, but that's not what we're talking about here. These are hard questions, ladies. These are hard questions. A good hard, but they're hard. Catherine is abandoning being a teacher in extended care. Congrats, I love it. Leslie, special events for our centers. This should be something that our center directors do. Okay, you're not there yet. Okay, beautiful. Thank you for recognizing where you are. And the other thing I want to share, Deanna, and for everyone, you don't need to catch up. There's no race. You're exactly where you need to be. If you're not here right now, then you're just not here right now. Be where you are. Be where your feet are. There is no judgment in not being in this place yet, right? Everyone is in different phases of the journey. I'd like to say cleaning my house, but that's delegating. Yes, that is delegating. And I think everyone should delegate cleaning their house to someone else. But <laughs> but that being said, uh, that is delegating. That is not like... You know, letting go of abandonment. Aaron, okay, here we go. This is great. Worrying about tomorrow. And I'm so glad you brought this up, Erin, because this is what I, I had wanted to share is we often think of when I ask the question, what do you want to let go of or abandon? We think of this physical thing or project when really so many of the things we need to let go of and abandon live up here are your thoughts. There are thoughts that are debilitating for you and toxic that you need to completely eradicate from your psyche so now that erin kicked us off now i want you to come into the comments and i want you to think from that perspective in this reflection what thought do i need to abandon that do i need to say thank you for being in my head until now you are no longer invited into my brain goodbye taylor that i have to be perfect all the time shanna i've slowly let go of many tasks over the last two years Baby steps, I have a hard time letting go of tasks unless I know it will be done correctly. Here's the thought, not everything will be done perfectly and I am still okay, I am still enough. I am still good enough if the paper wasn't done right. Liz, letting go, there isn't enough time to get everything done, beautiful. Catherine, Then I need to get everything done immediately. Yes, that was a huge, I'm still working through that one, that everything needs to get done yesterday. I'm doing enough, I can be better. I think I've already done this with caring what people think, connected with perfectionism. Yes, Marsha, that I need to know what's going on in all areas of my center. Yeah, this is a very kind of natural growth as you enter this real stage of ownership and stepping into your role as an owner. The questions that you need to ask are not, what do I need to do today? When you're an owner, you need to ask yourself, what will I build, create, and design today? If there isn't time on your calendar for designing, for building and for creating, you're not an owner. You're being a doer, and an owner cannot be the doer. Because if you have everyone being a doer, then when we get to a certain milestone, everyone looks at the owner and says, what's next? And the owner says, I don't know, I haven't had time to think about what's next. This is why you must live in the visionary place of building, creating, designing. You cannot be doing all the time. It is dangerous for the lifeblood of your business. It's actually dangerous. An owner must be vision casting everything quote unquote bad that is happening within my building is a reflection of my leadership. This is so interesting. And for those of you that are raising young kids right now, this is often something that I reflect on as a parent where I'm like, I often feel like whatever my like the product of who my kids are is a reflection of my parenting for better or for worse. Right. So if they're doing a great job, I'm like scores, like I'm doing a great job parenting, right? And then if they're not doing such a great job, I'm like, oh man, I'm such a screw up. Like what how can I can't teach them these manners, right? Or these whatever values. Not everything is connected to you. Not every single thing is your fault and you're this and you're, this is the balance of leadership of yes, you need to create the right environment. Yes. You need to have the difficult conversations and you need to do the deep work. And some things are just going to take its course. And that, that belief and acceptance is so hard. But when we get there, we operate from a place of fullness and okayness. I'm okay. It is okay. Sharon, I'm a helper. I need to stop doing things for teachers rather than giving them the tools. I will abandon doing tasks for my teachers to try to make things easier for them. Thank you. So let's move out of the reflection phase. But as we move out of this reflection phase into the restoration phase, I'm gonna give you a little journal prompt that I want you to do before we go into restore. And this is the journal prompt. What is the story that my calendar is currently telling me? What is the story that my calendar is currently telling me? When you look at something, it tells you a story. When you look at your bank account over the last 90 days, it will tell you a story. It will tell you a story of what your values are, of where you spent your time, of how you spent your money. It will tell you a story because the numbers don't lie. Your calendar will also tell you a story because the data doesn't lie. So I want you to journal prompt on what is the story my calendar is telling me. Just give me a yes in the comments if this is a, an exercise that you would like to commit to. Again, this is optional. We're not mandatorying this. That wasn't a real word, but that's fine. So we're stepping out of reflection and let's go into restoration. In this restore phase, the first step that we do is we take inventory. So let me explain to you from a high level, what does inventory mean before you take inventory of your life? So before you go away for the summer, before you go spring shopping, before a new store owner orders new supply, or you as a business owner order new supplies for your staff, you do something called inventory. The point of inventory is because we don't want duplicates. We don't want to spend extra money on things that we already have. We don't want extra stuff in the closet when we already have 50 glue sticks. So now we are going to take inventory of everything that you are committed to. Because here is what's really important to remember about women. Many of you have commitments that are not on your calendar. They are in your brain and in your heart it's called invisible labor and this is why we have to take inventory of all of our commitments so i asked you all to prepare for today's call with taking inventory um, and tracking your time in this restore phase we're going to take inventory of your commitments so i'm going to read through you a list of some commitments that you possibly have and on your own piece of paper i want you to take inventory of your commitments family is a huge commitment that is multi-layered and multi-dimensional there is nuclear family which is immediate family there is extended family brother-in-law sister-in-laws in-laws there is other extended family uncles aunts nieces nephews cousins there are family dinners that we are committed to. There are family functions that we need to be a part of, whether that's the annual Christmas party or the you know July 4th barbecue. So when someone says family is my value, I'm like, great. You have hours and hours of commitment then when you say yes to family, right? And especially if you have a big family, right? I have eight brothers and sisters. Mayor has nine brothers and sisters. I can spend my whole life just taking care of family. I've got 120 cousins, right? So we have to be selective about who comes into those commitments. So that's family. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you are connected to your own community where you live in, whether that's a religious community or your neighbored community, um, you're connected to at least one type of community, whether that's a mom group or a book club group, okay? How many of you are connected to at least one type of community? This is a community right here right so this is one type of community okay so i want you to let me know in the comments if you're connected to more than one right this is one so if you're connected to more than schools of excellence community what are those communities let me know in the comments right what just give me a list of some of those communities mom groups book clubs uh, business masterminds uh religious groups whether you go to church or to synagogue like those are all communities church groups okay Let me know in the comments. Let's hear what communities you're committed to, right? Because here's the thing. On your calendar, it might not say, you know, make dinner for mom that just had a baby in the church. But when you get requested for it, you will do it, which means it's a commitment that exists in your life, even if it's not currently on the calendar. And that's what margin is for. Okay, let's hear. Uh, religious groups, friend groups, family, church, friends. Catherine, none, um, none other than this group. Okay, crafting, soccer team, health accountability tribe, neighborhood, high school friends, college friend, boys moms groups. That's a fun group. Ministry team at church, staff night outs, firewives. I didn't know you were firewife, Erin. I need to introduce you to someone. I did not know you were firewife. I have someone to, that I need to connect you with. Okay, synagogue board, kids sports groups. Yes. Okay, ladies look at all of these commitments, but they are beautiful commitments. They bring meaning and purpose and joy into our lives or you wouldn't be part of them. So we have to make sure when we're taking inventory, we're saying, am I creating enough time for me to be part of the boys' moms group? Is this important to me? Am I creating enough time for me to sit on the board of these nonprofits? And what we need to remember is as you move through the success ladder, you will get more and more and more opportunity put in front of you. I get asked at least four times a year to sit on some board and I have a rule, I don't sit on boards. For now, in this season of life, I have too many other commitments. I can't do it, right? but And that's where the filter comes in. Here are some other things that take up our time and commitments. Kids' sports, your extracurricular stuff, Your husband or partner might have extracurricular things. He might be on a sports team or have, you know, play golf or I don't know what any of those things. Right. That is a commitment that you make. I always tell my husband, I always talk about like when you say yes to something, I am also saying yes to it. Because we're married and we have kids. So when you say yes to go giving that class, you're saying no to doing bedtime that night, which means I'm saying yes to running the fort by myself. So this is a joint decision. This is why the interlocking of relationships, whether that's in marriage, partnership, or in your school with, with your owner, with your director, we have to remember you can't make these decisions in silo because they impact other people. Okay. Summer vacations are a commitment. Holidays that come up are commitments, right? I've got the Passover holiday coming up. That is a mighty commitment from me. Your child's teachers are a commitment, right? When the holidays come, I buy them gifts. I write them thank you cards. That takes time, right? It's not in my calendar, but it's a commitment to go to the store, to buy a gift, to write a card. I have four kids. Each of them have four or five teachers. I give gifts twice a year. That's a lot of time so all of these things take time and then we wonder why we're like, well well because you forgot that you need to write a card and that took you 30 minutes so those 30 minutes that you thought you were going to eat lunch went to writing the card so now you didn't eat lunch graduations birthdays yeah oh i just gave you a little list now i want you to take a minute and i want you to finish your list of commitments right i give you a bunch of ideas i want you to t- finish writing your own commitments and you could write them in the comments you can write them on your own paper whatever it is holidays celebrations right I was looking at the calendar for 2023 and I didn't tell this to my team yet. This is, this is new information because I just realized this last night. My son is turning 13 next year in May, which means he'll be having his bar mitzvah. That is a huge celebration. That's going to be eating up a lot of my time. So I have to redecide what goes into my calendar during that month. Celebrations are huge depending on the milestone. Pets. Yes. Fitness, personal health, friends, cooking for guests. Oh, big time. Cooking, cooking, cooking. I'm having guests tomorrow, but my husband's cooking because I told him I'm doing a priorities reset call. So I'm like, you need to cook the priorities are your cooking because I have a call. <laughs> Night to shine, background checks, grandkids, overnight. Parents and elder care, yes. Some of you are in a season of life where you you need to take care of your parents. That's a huge commitment. Showers, Okay. <laughs> You're not talking about actually showering. You're talking about baby showers and bridal showers, right? Both, okay, okay. (laughs) So let's pause for a second in this restore section before we go to recast. What are your insights as you started to take inventory of your commitments? Now, however you did the exercise right now, there's a lot of power in actually creating it as a whole list on a piece of paper because when you look at it, I want you to take like five deep breaths and I want you to thank yourself for caring so much. Each of your kids is a commitment. If you have two, three, four, five kids, each of those is a commitment. You've committed to taking care of that child. It's a commitment because each child needs like 90 million things. Paige, I have too many commitments. Yes, that was the point of this exercise, right? Like one second, I have too many commitments. Anyone else? Insights from the Restore section of today's conversation i want to hear from all of you some of you have been a little bit quiet i know some of you are watching in the background but participate with us let us know in the comments this is again all trainings that we do at schools of excellence are collaborative i just tell myself thank you and you are important yes i hold little of the things in my head and need to give some to my husband yes invisible labor it's real i think i did a strategic advisory on this On invisible and emotional labor, uh, maybe we can kind of link that to this training. So, um, for those of for for our newer members that haven't watched that yet, you can go back and, and check it out where I explain that in, in greater depth. There are things I want to commit commit to, but so don't seem to have the time to do it. Right. So when you look at your whole commitment page now, you get to take a black pen and say, "Nope, not doing this because I need to make room for this." Jessica, I didn't realize how many behind the scenes commitments there actually are. This is why we're tired. And we feel scattered and we're like, am I ADD? Am I crazy? I'm at like, do I need medication? Like what's going on over here? Like, why can't I focus? And there might be a place for that. And there are actual diagnoses for ADD and you might need medication. I'm not against any of those things, but sometimes it's a simple thing. Like there's too much on my mind. There is just too much on my mind, which is why you're forgetful. You don't have baby brain. You don't have, no, you just have too much on your mind. New commitment, naps. By the way, I love naps. I take one every single day. I, I I think I said this in one of the podcasts, but maybe I should do a whole podcast on napping. I nap every single day before my kids get home for 20 minutes every day. I close my eyes and meditate and then I end up falling asleep. I need it to be a normal mom. So every day I close my eyes and my husband's always like, you're 34. Like, how are you napping? I'm like, you know what? Naps are not just for toddlers. They're also for grownups. I think naps are more for grown-ups than for toddlers. My my toddler used to hate taking a nap. Heidi, I'm uber committed to work, which I love. However, this is so eye-opening on readjusting. Yes, right? We make everything about work. Here's why. Work give up, gives us the biggest dopamine hit than any other of these commitments. Because when you do something, you get rewarded very quickly with this feedback, right? And so work... Gives us these feedback loops of success and of winning more than sitting on the floor and playing with our child, more than reading a book, more than going on a date. And so our brains naturally seek those dopamine hits. And so I love, like, this is the restore and reflection, which is like, do I want these dopamine hits or do I want others? Deanna, I hold so much in my head. I don't calendar them. I relate so much to the invisible labor. Um, it makes sense why it's so hard to add more time to the category that I want. Good sleep is the best. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, This makes me think of the book Fair Play. I am obsessed with the book Fair Play. I am still trying to get around my podcast. I will. It is a goal. Fair Play is an amazing book. For those of you that have not read it and are in a committed relationship and have children, please go read that book. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal book. Okay. By who? Uh, Oh gosh. Where's, Where's the book? Who is it by? Right here. Fair Play by Eve Rotsky. It's a great book. Very easy access as you could see. We reference it often. Uh my husband and I read the book. We did the cards to bring awareness to the visible mental load that women carry. Yes. I feel guilty when family call or staff and I give too much time overall then I lose out on the things that I wanted to do for myself, right? This is the balance, right? This is this this is this balance. So a lot of insights. So we've been through the reflection phase. We've come through the restore phase. Now we're going to step into recast. All right. That was a lot. And for many of you listening, a lot of what I shared is probably a brand new concept, like how to create a time budget and creating margin in your life. This is this concept of creating margin is actually something that I talk about in a different episode called The Ideal Week. You can check into that. And in the next episode on this series, I'm going to be talking about recasting. Recasting what commitments you want to recast into your life to continue to design the life that you desire. And so, while today's episode was, you know, intense, there was a lot of things that I'm sure you reflected on and I hope that you took the time to do the exercise alongside. I would love to hear from you. I would love if you can join our conversation on Instagram or in our Facebook group and share with us some of the insights that you had from today's call. If you enjoyed this training, if you learned something new, if you feel that you had an insight or just this little transformation of, you know, this is something I want to stop doing or start doing, I want to share with you that this is just one of the many different types of support and training that we offer exclusively to our members on an ongoing basis in our Directors Inner Circle and in our Owner's HQ program. So if you enjoyed today's training, I would encourage you to take some time to apply for our program and see if this is a right fit for you. The link for... All of the information on our programs is in the show notes. Take some time to read through it. Again, you'll fill out an application. You and I will jump on a connection call where I will share with you a little bit more about the program and we'll take some time to assess if this is a right fit for you, a right fit for the current season of life that you're in, a right fit for the current goals that you have for your company, a right fit for the stage of life that you're in. We really take time to understand what are the goals, what are you trying to achieve, and make sure that we can really partner with you and support you in those goals and Dream, which is why this is an application only process, which is why we get on the call together. because uh, we need to make sure this is the right fit. We want to make sure that you are going to take your time, your money, your energy, and your resources and really put it in a place that is truly going to create a transformation in your school and in your life. So you can go to hani.me slash join the DIC for all the information on the director's inner circle or our owners HQ program. And I hope that you tune in next week where we're going to be talking about part two of the priorities reset call, recasting. Thanks for joining us on the Schools of Excellence podcast. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week and I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. I want to invite you to join me for the strategic summer workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.